0: Hello, everybody. This is Akash Pandey, and you're listening to South Asians Love Rap. Stories from people who look like me, set to the music that moves them. This year, May 2021, will mark 10 years from when I graduated college. It's crazy to think about that. I've lived in six different cities, taught in more than six classrooms, transitioned into ed tech, pursued podcasting on the side. I'm really proud of a lot of the things that I've done. And I also know that this passion I have for music and culture was left on the side burner for just a number of those years. So anytime I see young people taking cool, innovative approaches to music and culture, I'm always inspired and a little envious and always intrigued. So when I stumbled upon the Instagram account for Berkeley B-Side, a student-run organization dedicated to music and culture at my alma mater, and then I saw two hip Indian kids who looked a little like me, a lot cooler, doing these creative videos where they're surrounded by hip-hop memorabilia, cutting in samples, talking about favorite producers, I was excited. I wanted to see if they would be willing to come on the show and I reached out and now I'm bringing you my first episode with two guests, Gotham Satheson and Josh G1 Mall. These guys are self-aware and open and really knowledgeable and so I'm glad I got to talk to them. I'm glad you're going to get to hear them talk and share their story. In this conversation, they reverse my thinking on J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive, which is an album I liked, but really didn't think of in the way that these two do uh, and these two experienced as up-and-coming teenagers at the time. Honestly, if, if you're a J. Cole hater or you're on the fence, I think this episode will change your mind. It changed mine. They pushed me to think globally and really bring in hip-hop from France and England, and they also got me to admit something I'd never planned on sharing on this podcast. This is a good one, and without further ado, here are Gotham and Josh in their own words. Enjoy. Well, let's kick it off. Uh, I'd, I'd love to, you know, ask you guys just to Introduce yourselves, share just where you're at in life right now and how important was music to you? Where did you grow up? Just some of those biographical details. Go ahead, Josh.
1: It's all you know, got them. Go uh, <laughs>
0: okay. All right. We're off to a great start. All right. So listen, um,
2: everybody, my name is Gotham. I grew up in Walnut Creek. I was actually born in Mangalore, which is in South India. And I lived there for about, I believe, my parents tell me seven and a half months. I usually round up and say eight months. and it was really hard for us, especially for my mom, who didn't speak English at all. Um, but we moved to uh, the East Bay, Walnut Creek. And my early, my most early memories were, quite honestly, just a very peaceful and empty town. Mm. Uh, Walnut Creek used to be like that. It used to be kind of a very it's a segregated community that just had its own people. And if you know about it, you know about the city. But if you don't know about it, then you don't really know about it. And and that's kind of the complete opposite now, actually, because we have a huge population now and it's it's so bad. Traffic is terrible. Man. <laughs> it's devastating. It's so hard. Uh, but anyways, uh, my parents were, of course, they, they lived and they were born in India. And so they used to play a lot of Indian music. Um, I'm actually I'm from Kerala. So I speak Malayalam and uh, I also listen to Malayalam music, at least when I did when I was younger. And I used to, that's actually how I learned the language. Um, My parents, we spoke it in the house, but there was no one really to teach me. So I learned the language through movies and uh, Bollywood. So my earliest memories with music is quite honestly, just like the rhythm of the drums. However, when I got older, it was really weird looking back and reflecting. There was this phase where I listened to so much electronic music. Hmm. Like I'm talking like seven years old, eight years old. Like, I don't know why. I I don't know why. I just, I remember it. Oh, man, like Noisy Storm. Um, and back when Monster Cat started coming out in, I believe, 2011. Mm. Uh, <laughs> one thing I used to do is I used to play a lot of Minecraft back in the day. So yeah. I'd listen to a bunch of electronic music, dubstep. And I'm I'm doing like parkour. I'm playing The Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, man. But I kind of deviated away from that just as I got older. I needed substance in my life. You know, I needed words. I needed lyrics that would pertain to my life. And electronic music is just sound. And But yeah
0: that's, that's that. This is my first time doing a uh, two person, you know, show. Uh, And so it's cool to see Josh over there in the corner being like, yeah, I feel that I feel that Uh, audience can't hear it. But Josh, you've been, uh, you know, supporting your boy, giving him some props for some of his choices. Uh, Why don't you take a stab at it? What what about you? When did you first discover music? What are your early memories? And uh, tell us a little bit about your early days.
1: I grew. speaking of bad traffic, I grew up in San Fernando Valley, which is like <laughs> a little bit away from, um, inner city LA. And, um, yeah, I mean, my parents are from Pakistan. Uh, so I grew up listening to a lot of Pakistani music. And like, uh, one thing is like, my parents are Christians from Pakistan. So, uh, as a result, like that emphasis to hone in our Christian faith and everything we do was really important. And, um, I remember growing up, like hip hop was seen as kind of like this boogeyman in our family, you know, like they only talk about drugs. They talk about sex. You want to listen to that music? Like I remember, you know, fun fact actually. Um, I was listening to Truffle Butter by um Rick and Little Wayne. Yo. Thinking out loud. I must have about a million
3: on me right now. And I ain't talking about that little Wayne record. I'm still a highest selling female rapper for the record. Man, this is sixty five million single soul. I ain't gotta compete with a single soul.
1: I'm good with the bullet point, cave finger roll. And my dad was in the other room. And when little Wayne's part came on, uh, Banking out loud, I could be broken, keep a million
3: dollar smile. LOL to the bank checking my account. Bank teller flirting after checking my account. Pretty ladies, like you yeah. here? butter on your pussy. cuddle buddies on the low. You ain't gotta tell your friend that I eat it in the morning.
1: My dad legit said, "Turn that trash off." I was <laughs> like, "I was like, I'm so sorry," because that's a very profane first. Yeah. So, once again, growing up, like the idea of hip-hop was not like a common thing or even like a thing that i thought about stars like jay-z kanye like these were people that my parents were like nah bro you gotta stay away from that you know sure so um growing up like i definitely listened to a lot of minecraft music Mm -hmm. you know minecraft that's why i was like popping off because like (laughs) minecraft intro music from like ant venom uber haxer like those people I remember um, when I got an iPod, Monster Cat came out with, I think, like two to three albums a year. It was $9.99 for 24 songs. I had like 72 Monster Cat songs on my iPod. I thought I was like balling out on that, listening to Dead Mouse and all that. So that was like kind of like very early memories of like my own exposure into music. When it comes to hip hop, however, uh, everything kind of changed when I went to Canada uh, because I have cousins in Canada. And my cousins in Canada, they're older than me. They're about, like, three to four years older than me. And um, I remember, like, there is a dynamic between an older cousin and a younger cousin where your older cousins are considered, like, the coolest people in the world. (laughs) You know, you're like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And so I remember when I was around, like, 11 to 12 years old, going to Canada, uh, meeting my cousins, and they were getting into, like, gangster rap, Mm. you know? Uh, So, like, Ice Cube, uh, Easy, Public Enemy, And I remember the first hip-hop song, the first hip-hop song I listened to was Real N-Word Roll Call from Ice Cube (laughs) and Little John.
3: And it
1: was such a profound memory because I remember that was my first exposure to hip-hop we were in a car going to toronto Hmm. and on you know my cousin's ipod he has the video downloaded for real n-word roll call with little john and ice cube and i remember watching that video and thinking this is the coolest thing (laughs) in my life
0: yeah
1: i remember like there's a there's a segment where like um ice cube like he gets a baseball bat and a raiders hat and because like Little John is getting chased by like these um, like Asian thugs, and then he jumps <laughs> off this bridge onto a moving car to escape them. I remember thinking to myself like This is the coolest thing about the scene." So, I was just I was so fascinated by just the antics that are surrounding it. So shortly after that, of course, um, more exposure around the electronic side. But you know, hip hop was always yeah. like a side thing. It was more of a thing that I was actually kind of scared to do because mm-hmm. once again, my parents did not sure. like hip-hop then I really got into skateboarding around middle school and that kind of like skateboarding and all its culture surrounding it like that kind of drove me into the more into the hip-hop and more into like the punk genre too after that it's just a continual snowball effect up until where I am today you know I'm more fascinated with the culture surrounding music and that's how I got into it
0: I want to bring this into just the present day for a moment just because uh part of the reason I found out about both of you guys is, is through your connection with Berkeley B Side. Can you guys talk a little bit about what that is, how you got involved in it, and uh, what's the content that you guys are putting out these days?
1: It's my man Gotham.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man.
2: So, Berkeley B side is pretty much a student run club that tries to emphasize opportunities and even give platforms for those who may not have as much of an ability to. Uh, for example, underground rappers, musicians, indie artists, mus- uh, producers, even and really give them giving them a platform to speak and also providing the providing fans and population demographics with uh really cool content daily interactive polls and even uh daily updated playlists on our spotify and uh of course we got josh and i have uh the also the project at beside fridays which premieres every single week and um, it started off as an idea with uh, one of our teammates And it ended up, we just ended up taking power over it. And, um, it's been, it's been a killer blast, man. It's been, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah. Shout out Berkeley B-Side, shout out B-Side Fridays. Uh, we'll definitely link to that and give people the opportunity to shoot over there and listen to what you guys are putting out. Josh, tell us a little bit about how, how you and Gotham connected and, or is it Gotham? Do you prefer Gotham or Gotham? I, mean, I love when people call me Gotham. I okay. love it. Gotham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how did you and Gotham connect and how was the friendship developed uh, at Berkeley?
1: Yeah. So this is my first semester on Berkeley B-side. So is uh, this is Gotham's first semester on Berkeley B-side. I remember my first interaction with Gotham was the first B-side meeting we had. Um, for some reason, his Zoom chat was, like, programmed to me only. <laughs> so, like, yo, what up? And I'm like, I don't know this kid. Why does he send me <laughs> yo, what up? Yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. is he doing, you know? So... <laughs>
2: Yeah, if I could say something really quick about that. Um, So, like, our chief editor uh, is asking, like, a question for everybody to respond to. Hmm. This is when you join the meeting, like, oh, what's your favorite album? What's your favorite song? And the question was just like, hey, everybody, greet yourself and talk about. I don't remember what the question was specifically. Do you remember, Josh?
1: It was, like, a favorite song that, like is sad but conveys like a powerful meaning. some like nonsense something oh wrong.
2: okay yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but essentially it was something like that and then it was like greet yourself and i was of course i'm gonna greet myself because there was oh man there was like 30 or 40 other people in there and i was so overwhelmed so i was i, was, I said hey but it, it got sent to josh i think i accidentally clicked on him or something but best mistake ever
1: exactly <laughs> That's hilarious. There you go. and then um when we like actually really started to click was um If you know about the playlist that we do each uh, week, uh, pretty much every day, Hmm. um, me and Gotham got assigned the first week and uh, we had alternative, uh, which is like a category that me and him are not, I would say the best uh, versed in. Um, But I remember like, like he hit me up, I was getting tacos that day and he hit me up in my car and he was all like, yo, we got to talk about this playlist. And I was like, (laughs) okay, 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 bet. So (laughs) I remember um, I thought it was going to be something really short, but we spent an hour and a half like curating the sound and the mood and everything of this playlist. Um, and yeah, it was like then and there that I was like, okay, you know, man, this, this guy's kind of serious, you know, <laughs> he's doing his thing. So I got his contact information. We were always hitting each other up about um, like playlist stuff, about ideas that we had because he was really passionate. And then the B-Side Fridays, of course, came about. And when that came about, like we really clicked, and we took like full initiative over this thing because it was like, um, I remember like our whole marketing team was like, "Okay, you two are the face," (laughs) you know? Oh, Rick, okay. So, I mean, the rest is history. We're doing our thing now.
0: Yeah, well, you know, uh, we're talking about college days, and and you guys are both what? Sophomores or juniors? Uh, I'm
2: I'm a junior. But I mean, technically, I'm, I'm going to become a senior, Okay. but then I'm transferring this semester, actually, next semester, I should say. Oh. So I'll be going back to being a junior. Yeah. Junior loophole, but I'm, I'm going to be a junior. Yeah. Got it. Tra- yeah, I'm a
1: sophomore.
0: Transferring outside of
2: Berkeley? Actually, I don't go to Berkeley. Oh, though. shit. That's it. A- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that's very interesting. Uh, a lot of people ask me within the club because they're like, oh, you don't go to Berkeley? Like, how are you? How are you in, in, in the club? And I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know um i actually go to dvc which is a community college out in pleasant hill i'm all done everything's being submitted um i have one more application to submit in
0: two weeks but yeah transfer Best season up, is in uh, three That's months dope. so yeah well you're making your mark on the organization they they should they should pay you for that oh <laughs> uh,
2: no no it's it's all experience yeah i'm happy i had an opportunity
0: well Let me back you guys up. You mentioned uh, video games were an important part of just your early taste making. By the time y'all got to high school, um, was hip hop a big part of your life? And what did your relationship with hip hop look like?
1: Yeah, so high school, I'm trying to think when was high school, 2020. (laughs) Yeah, no, by the time I was in high school, um, I was like really in my prime discovery, you know, of hip-hop i remember when apple music had apple music radio mm. and i would listen to certain song radios and um i remember one day uh this song came on uh by j cole it was um uh oh three adolescence i think is what uh-huh. it's called yeah i grew
3: up a fucking screw up time my shoe up wish they was newer Damn, need something newer In love with the baddest girl in the city I wish I knew her I wish I wasn't so shy Wish I was a bit more fly I wish that I Could tell her how I really feel inside, that I'm the perfect nigga for her, but then maybe that's a lie. She like a certain type of nigga, and it's clear I'm not that guy. Ball player, star player, I'm just watching from the side, on the bench, cause my lack of confidence won't let me fly. I ain't grow up with my father, I ain't thinking about that now. Fast forward four years or so from now, I'll probably cry when I realize what I missed, but as of now, my eyes are dry, cause I'm trying to stay alive in the
1: city where too many niggas die. Dreaming quiet, trying to that song came on and i remember i just like i loved the sound of that song so much i got sucked into it and just went on this loophole of like j cole-esque artists that's where i got into like joey badass you know stuff like that and that was like a second semester of eighth grade so i'm about to go into high school and so as high school comes around i really started getting into this hip-hop that i was exposed to through like j cole you know
2: got it what about you gotham yeah, uh, shout out to my boy, uh, Jermaine out there. <laughs> so with me, I I listened to a lot of Logic when I was in seventh grade. So when he came out with this mixtape, uh, Sinatra, I, I I believe, on SoundCloud. Hold up,
3: that was the first one. Let me burn it back, I'ma start. Young Sinatra ripping the beat apart.
2: Shining like a diamond when I be rhyming, but y'all in the dark. On point like a
3: poisonous dart. I can feel it now, the fame is coming soon. I can sky be the limit when foot footprint's on the moon now i used to bust tables now i bust rhymes spitting lines to the illicit dimes just to pass the time living like a dime My mafietic mind state hip-hop heads never die we multiplied and dominate now that's
2: also my first contact with soundcloud i was like oh my god i can listen to music for free because mm-hmm. beforehand you'd have to pay like a dollar to listen to music on apple and you know that's that's not gonna happen i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah it, it just won't work i remember I used to be a hardcore Call of Duty quick scoper, you know, <laughs> not trying to, not trying to flex or anything. But so when I used to do that, I used to, you know, of course, I need to warm up, right, guys, like you know, before I start playing. So what I did is I used to listen to a lot of Logic, and uh, it got me hyped up. But then that also made me kind of I was like, oh my god, like I want to find other artists just like Logic. And then I didn't. Um, for two years, pretty much um, freshman at my like my, at the end of my eighth grade year, my freshman year, my sophomore year, I didn't listen to music. Mm. It was very it was very. And th- those two were actually like the worst years of my life. Um, I was quite honestly clinically depressed and I just wasn't really feeling much of a drive to keep living. And, you know, things got serious, something I hadn't really expected nor, nor was ready for. Mm. And of course, being from a um, Indian household, they told me to just pray and sleep it off um which unfortunately i wish it worked (laughs) i wish it worked but unfortunately it's not the case and one of my friends actually ended up telling me about Jay cool uh 2014 forest hills drive that's when my world completely just blew up and then it was like a new world um it's kind of like the big bang um i call it the the hip-hop bang because quite honestly that's what it was anything i had when i all all these kind of beliefs i had about hip-hop about you know how it's it has too many slurs it's it's vicious it's violent it's going to condone you know violent acts and these were things that that i can actually relate to back with uh, what josh said earlier it's you know my parents didn't really appreciate that but then it got to the point where i was like i don't care what you guys think like it helps me and j cole's album 2014 now that was just he talked about i would say all, all the factors and elements of life that we all face at any age and for me, at a pivotal time in my life where I was growing up and I was really developing um, who I was and kind of the way I, I perceive things, it was it was very influential. It changed ha- everything, and it made me happier. And it ultimately helped me bounce back
0: and um, bounce me out of my depression. So that's awesome, and thanks for sharing that. Um, w- when you look back on that time, are there certain songs off that album that you remember really making an impact and? turning things around for you yeah um i can think of three songs off the top of my
2: head so the one thing for me was the intro every time i listen to the intro track on that album every time if i pull it up right now i'll I'll start crying Hmm. i cry every single time i listen do you wanna do you wanna be happy
3: said do you wanna do you wanna be happy I said, Do you want to, do you wanna be free? I said do you wanna, do you wanna be happy? I said do you wanna, do you wanna be free? Free from pain, free from scars, free to sing, free from bars, free my dogs, you're free to go. Black as hot, the streets is cold, free to love, to eat his own, free from bills, free from pills. You wrote aloud to speak blow, like it hard, you ease your soul and clench your mind, learn to fly and reach the stars. You take the time to look behind and say, Look where I came. Look how far I don't get. He, he keeps on
2: asking the listener, you know, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? and for me at that moment i was like I, I i do want to be free but i'm so locked in my own mental chains that i can't get out well it's just a facade it's just a mirage you know it's all it's all up here so anyways um intro for me that made me was like hold up like let me listen to this album like this guy's telling me to be free like i do want to be free okay let me let me let me hear you a little bit let me hear you out and then the other song is apparently
3: this is my canvas my cam- I'ma how wanna this is my canvas I'm put there, there is no right or wrong only a song apparently
2: for me is my favorite song of all time just hands down um so my eighth grade it was just me and my mom living at home uh, my sister was in college and my dad he was on a business trip in India and so he was gone for Practically like eleven months, and my mom and I, we we've always been somewhat close. But when I got into middle school, I came, I kind of became this rowdy kid. Um, and unfortunately, I treated her very negatively in seventh and eighth grade, and it just, it was very painful for me to even think about it now, just because of the ways, the things that we did. You know, her coming back from work because she was working like nine-hour days. Well, I was just waking up like at 12 a or 12 p.m. And, you know, I'm gaming until like, you know, 11, 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. And, um, you know, it was very hard for my mom because it felt like she wasn't, you know, she was the only person I was living in the house. I wasn't eating with her. I wasn't doing anything. Um, and apparently he talks about the love that J. Cole has is for his mom, you know? you
3: know, had no clue what you was going through. How could you be so strong? And how could I be so selfish? I know I can be so selfish. I could tell by how I treat you with my girl. then she's so selfless, but she put up with my way because she love me like you do. And no, it don't always show I love her just like I love you. And I need to treat you better. Wish you could live forever. We can spend more time together.
2: I love you, mama. And that, I mean, of course, he talks about a lot of, a lot of other things, in a, especially about making your own life, drawing your own painting. Yeah. But more specifically, the yeah. aspect of, you know, I wish you could live, I wish you could live a little lo- uh, longer. Yeah. I love you, mama. That's why I got this. Um, it says, "Ama" right here. Mm. Um, mm. And awesome. I got this, actually, my first uh, year in college because my mom means my, she's my world. And so for me, apparently when I listened to that when I, was, when I was a sophomore, I was like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, what did I do with my mom? Like, oh God, I got to rebuild this mm-hmm. connection. Like, I love her. Um, so that was, that was it. And then that also kind of is in combination with uh, Love Yours. Love Yours. Love
3: Yours. No such thing. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. Love yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing, no such thing. Heartbeat and fast, let a nigga know that he alive. Fake nigga.
2: Definitely a top five songs of all time. Um, just ever made. Because for me, I wasn't loving the life I had. I wasn't loving my sister. I wasn't loving the friends I had. And love yours. It's really a song about loving what you have right now, because you never know when you're going to lose it, and you won't find the value of it right now. But later, you'll always find it. It's
3: beauty in the struggle, nigga. Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, it's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success. Hear my words and listen to my signal of distress. I grew up in the city and know sometimes we had less. Compared to some of my niggas down the block, man, we were blessed. And life can't be no fairy tale, no once upon a time. But I'd be goddamned if a nigga don't be trying. So tell me, mama, please, why you be drinking all the time? Does all the pain he
2: brought you still linger in your mind? Cause pain still lingers on That made me, me really appreciate the life I had, even though with all the hurdles and obstacles that I've had in my life and you know, financial troubles. It, the fact is, like, I can still love the people around me. And if I keep them and I show them that I, lo- I love and care about them, life won't be too bad. You know, I can make it through. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah man. And I actually have a tattoo right here. And that that's knowledge of self, KOS. Uh, I got that my senior year at Berkeley at a time when I feel like I didn't really know who I was and I needed to, like, remind myself every day when i woke up and i and i needed to get that at the time uh, for me it was it was uh, alcohol issues just kind of different S- some that i feel like berkeley being a public school you just like get the call cops called on you uh whereas uh, you know homies i had at private schools were like getting escorted to their dorm when they got too drunk but uh I ended up getting a DUI and couldn't drive, you know, uh, had to take BART to El Cerrito and go to these like DUI classes. And it was just a fucked up time for me. At the, and, and and it kind of um, made this connection when you were sharing all that. And I appreciate you kind of letting it out because I've had some of those experiences too. They're not easy to talk about, but um, music can really help in those times. And uh, th- it's actually a Black Star song that I've, I used to listen to a lot and an album that I used to listen to a lot to kind of like get a reminder of what I was about and who I was. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, man. And we, we got we got tattoo
2: on the on the right wrist, right? Yeah. Right hand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Straight up, bro.
2: That's yeah, tight, yeah. Right man. On, right
0: on. Josh, I'm going to turn it over to you. I, I think just for a little background, uh, I asked both of you guys to just share an album that meant a lot to you and that changed something. And you both shared uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. What's your experience with it? Why did it mean so much to you?
1: I think the reason I enjoyed that album so much was because before 2014 Forest Hills Drive, a lot of my discovery was on like the radio, mm. like 105.9, 102.7, or really like radio stations here in like um, the LA area. And I remember, I just I remember thinking to myself, like, this sound is like really generic. Mm. You know, this sound is boring <laughs> at the end of the day. So, as I made more of an effort to kind of just steer away from the radio, Um, Four Seals Drive was kind of just like that album that I'm not, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't even search up or anything. It just popped up on my Apple uh, Music. And I think a lot of the times, like the best music discoveries are those type of discoveries where you're not trying to listen to anything, just something random pops up on your phone. And that's what end up like, that's the hole you follow. So I think Four Seals Drive is one of those albums where I was exposed to like the hip hop that, people consider good hmm. you know uh like it wasn't that hip-hop that was getting trashed online or that like people were like "Yo, turn that off you know what i mean it was hip-hop that for the first time me and all my homies around me were like okay yo this is this sounds really good so <laughs> the reason i like that album so much is because it's like this beginning point in like this uh discovery starting there i kind of just have went down all over the place lefts and rights and yeah I that's mean, the genesis. I, it, Yeah, literally. Exactly. like Your start has to be from some album. And for me, it was Forrestal's Drive.
0: Yeah. What about you in terms of standout songs or songs that really move you if you put them on now?
1: So I was kind of thinking to myself, like, damn, that's kind of deep when uh, Gotham was going in. Because for myself, being like an eighth grader, I was thinking to myself, like, love yours is trash. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I remember listening to. I remember listening to songs like, "What kind of sing-songy crap is this, bruh so, that's why, like, O three adolescents, Fire Squad, no yeah. role models, those like hard tracks that you know would get you pumped up, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I remember listening the first time to like, um Fire Squad.
3: You waggle like a hole. Know that I'm a rat for your eat away and go. Tell me, girl, why you be stressing me for a time. When you tell me you love me, can't you snap Chancla? Yeah, my nigga, why you waggle like a bitch? If you scared to take a chance, how the fuck we gonna get rich? Come here, baby, why you always insecure? Hold tight to a nigga and be sure, yeah. Ain't no way
1: around it no more. I am the greatest. I was like, yo, this is something else, you know? As an eighth grader and my immaturity at that time, I definitely did not appreciate the just important tracks on that album. You know that album is very deep. That album is very uh, emotional, and at that time, that wasn't what I was into. For sure. So there was this one other song here. Let me see if I pull it up actually on my Spotify. There was one other song from that album that is not coming to me right now, but Saint it was. St. Tropez was good. I never actually enjoyed that song that much. What Dreams Uh, Are (laughs)
3: G-O-N. <laughs> you wanna know just where I'm at? Well let me tell you about it. I put my city on the map, but let me tell you about it. They try to say I can't come back. Hey, let me tell you about it. Man, fuck them niggas, I come back. Hey, let me tell you about it. I wanna tell you about it. Heads up, everybody run. Cold outside and he say he got a gun. Niggas like man, that's what everybody said. Going pop the trunk and everybody dead. Everybody scared of the nigga aware that the nigga is better. All my bitches pick at a litter, never bitter, niggas is fake. Anime, me, I never hate the cake like anime. Whoa, eat the cake, bitch, eat the damn cake. Fuck good, nigga. We the man great. On the know that she take off all the clothes nigga. You know how I go, made the piece of man wait. The best kept secret even a whole try to keep it, then I leave the damn tape. recipes and nigga won't be secret server Couldn't keep the man safe. I said to the window, to the wall round when I got
1: bitches I remember first time I listened to that song, I was like, Yo, this is this is heat, yeah, you know. Type. Yeah, it's it, exactly. And that's what I was into at that time, like stuff yeah. to get me pumped and hyped because you know, I hadn't made that emotional connection to music yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this might throw you for a loop or maybe you guys already know. Uh, I told you that I taught for most of my 20s. My most recent teaching job was at a high school. Uh, and when I was teaching 11th grade, um, one of the B-side members, Tova, was in a 12th grade. And so uh, I made the connection, saw that she was part of the, the the collective, and asked her, "You you know these guys better than me. Like, what what would you ask these guys?" One thing she told me is that your guys' taste is varied; it's diverse. You guys have a lot of different genres you pull from, whether it's American music, uh, French rap that you that you uh, that that you put her onto. And so I, I was wondering if you guys could talk to that. Where does that good taste come from? How do you all stretch through boundaries that extend well beyond hip-hop or even the U.S. to find dope music? Uh, What's that process like for you all?
1: Okay, so I'll begin this one. Um, So I remember in the beginning I said that I'm very fascinated with the culture surrounding music you know where music brings you like hip-hop brought me into sneakers it brought me into uh clothes and shoes and gold and, and you know <laughs> all those things um and so I remember like I'm very obsessed with the sound of behind a culture you know skateboarding that brought me really into like punk and like pop punk you know um I remember I really got into um electronic music because i was really fascinated by like rave visuals Mm -hmm. so that was got that really got me into that stuff so i feel like i remember like how i said about a snowball effect how you pick things as you go out in life you know um people show you you know other interests other hobbies other cultures that you were not put onto uh that really determines your taste you know like what you what you find interesting in your hobbies um the things you see, you know, the things that you hear, like they're all attached to culture. I feel like a varied taste kind of just stems from your own self-discovery too. You know, um, a lot of like that French rap, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, like of course, like punk. Um, I'm trying to think of
0: French rap. What French rap are you feeling, and 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 how did oh, you come upon it?
1: Yo, this could be like a 20 minute conversation. <laughs>
0: I'm,
1: I'm gonna go off then. So. Um, French rap. I really got into French rap because I had to write a uh, IB book report on something about French culture, mm. and you know I was not gonna write about like the socioeconomic circumstances in France. I was <laughs> like, this is not about to do that, <laughs> you know. Sure. So you know, in that time of my life, I'm like a junior in high school. I'm just trying to like I have to write a report on something. I thought I'm gonna go with one of my interests and go into French rap, and. I remember, like, French rap is such a diverse field of rap. It's much, you know, this is very, very, this could be controversial, but French rap production, in my opinion, in some cases is even better than American rap production at times, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, in terms of French rap, rappers that I like, um, a guy, there's this, like, whole collective uh, called Bon Gamon, which means, like, um, I think it means, like, good kid or Mm -hmm. good, like, like slang for good kid there's like a rapper called Ishon which is i-c-h-o-n is like a person himself you know that's also like Mm -hmm. someone's Mm -hmm. name in that collective um what was that other guy remember that other guy got them that we were like oh did he die or something or prince wally prince wally Oh, suis à la fenêtre, récupère les sous qui claquent, néo. Coffre,
3: sac de sport, regarde du corps, le plaque. Sur la caisse, claque. Sur la fesse, résidu de craque. Sur la fesse, mauvais payeurs font des frayeurs, font des plaques. Sur la caisse, se font tatouer mon blaze. Sur la fesse, on dit plus pardon. Oh non, elle me voit comme un patron. Oh ouais, par ton phoque, un pourboire. Oh, Deux sexes, tes pas bon, sous le Lévis, pantalon. Vrai, mi sans talon. Glisse comme mental. Visse comme ton daron.
1: Yeah, he's he's really good, Prince Wally is really good. And then you know connections to Bon Gamon kinda of brought me to like trap artists like Slimka, mm-hmm. uh Timé, uh Macala. is my favorite French rapper.
3: I, I put him like as like a French Travis Scott, or you know,
1: like he has very like, like amped up music and it's very like, um, electronic-y, you know, it sounds, you know, very much like that Travis Scott sound.
0: I like that. It's funny cuz like for me um there's a song a Nas song um called Affirmative Action off of it was written and uh, a french group called ntm jumped on a remix of
3: that of that song place rêves <laughs> et même les anges de crève sache que l'union fait la force mais que la misère la dévisse et période chacun met sur son chacun sa mafia chacun sa mifa même l'état fonctionne comme ça la on se d'état
0: And I remember hearing that when I was 13, 14 and just being like hooked, but it was interesting. I mean, I had the internet back then. I I probably could have done more of a deep dive, but I I remember just like not having the Spotify today or not having just the opportunity to to go like similar artists and just kind of take that deep dive into those, those, uh, that field. Uh, it's a, it's a dope thing that exists these days. Um, shit, go them. Let, let's turn it over to you. Um, by the way, shout out Tova dope that she, uh, got back to me and sent a question, uh, that, that I could ask you guys, but same question for you. Uh, what, what contributes to your varied taste and how do you come to it?
2: What contributes to my international music taste? um well he's actually sitting right in front of you um it's josh <laughs> all right so my music taste coming you know up until the point that i was graduating high school was it's embarrassing to be honest with you um like it's i'd listen to a lot of you know hyper especially hype rip, uh, hip-hop especially travis scott and j cole and so i got like that woke i'm still listening to logic a little bit i'm still listening to kanye i'm still listening to jay-z but then that was it like i was listening to hip-hop and that's it like i'm not if you ask me any alternative artists or indie artists like i'm sorry like yeah no thank you (laughs) but then once i once i got into college for some reason i just felt the need to explore i just i got bored to be honest with you there was such an oversaturation in the market at that time there's so many rappers and hip-hop artists that were sounding the same they were using the same you know say rap mentality they all, they all they all wanted to rap about the same things the same subject matters and it got boring and I was like all right I need something new and then that's when I really started listening to UK drill um and for me UK drill is like I know drill was created in Chicago shout out to Chicago yeah shout um, out. I know drill was made <laughs> I know drill music was made in America but like people in the UK like people no offense to UK artists but people who UK artists that just rap on normal beats like like saying like a metro Boomin, like I don't know, it sound really weird. Um I don't know if it would sell. <laughs> but then you hear, hear like a if UK drill artist like um I love talking about um Octavian a lot.
3: Catch me what you can't reach. Don't act like you don't believe in my team. Sit back, relax and say freeze It's funny how they speak from below, then mana try and make the feet. Whatever I create whatever I creep, creep fall back out of You mana catch shit you are saying the most to do the least pissed off,
2: you can do it like me Even pop smoke, like, let's like So imagine like a pop smoke beat But then imagine someone like Dave on it
3: One eye on my ops, two eyes on my friends Cause at least my ops man knows their intentions I turn a loss to a lesson I turn a curse to a gift and a blessing Any girl that I've got an interest in face interesting body impressive i got 99 out of 100 marks in class on my english questions i get the same if i did it again because i still don't know the definition of resting i put blood in i put sweat in i shed tears when my niggas
2: got sentenced i spent years with my niggas in strep but you wouldn't know that because you don't live this for some reason i find their accent and drill like the way it's paced it's perfect yeah but, and, and then i listen to a lot of uh um, french music especially recently um and that's because josh put me on to a lot of them uh, a couple of weeks ago i did french indie and i loved i love doing that uh, i love la belle la vie or, or la belle de vie um they're they're they're, they're really cool small indie artist band and for me i'm still i'm still working on that to be honest with you man like my music taste when we look at international music taste, it's only it's only starting yeah uh it's not all that developed and quite frankly I need to improve it before you know I start really progressing my life because I don't want to be like that one dude who's like, you only listen to American music. Like, oh come on, like you know what I mean. Like, I want to pull up gems from the Middle East. I want to be able to pull up gems from Tunisia, um, and that's something that I've been doing recently. I love, 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 love Japanese rock. Yeah, I mean Japanese rock, Japanese Japanese punk. Oh goodness! Uh, it's so exquisite and it's so unique that it's it's different from you know American punk, but at the same
0: time it's like this it's it's like the same thing just with a different you know spice. Yeah. And that, and that's like you know soup for the producer soul, right? And put making music and being able to dip into the crates and you know see what's out there. It always helps. Like I remember. Harry Fraud talking about this, like, Vietnamese funk song he used to make a beat for Action Bronson, and it's
1: like... (laughs)
0: I, I should say I mean this is another shout out to B-Side uh, you guys have a platform to keep listening to music and discovering and curating for people uh, and so I guess you know just to wrap us up here I, I'm curious what what's the vision for B-Side what do you guys hope to do in the next year couple years uh, through the weekly playlist through the B-Side Fridays like tell the people what, what you think is uh, coming up for the for y'all
1: so if I'm be real with you uh I speak I think I speak from both like me and Gotham's perspective. Um, this is just like the beginning, you know. So personally, uh no knock on B side or anything, but I feel like there was definitely a period, according to like my friends and people who were in B-side, where like things were stagnant, you know. It was a club that you kind of just wanted the name for. You were, you weren't doing really too much for it, right? Gotham came in, yo, Gotham did his thing, a M- most valuable player, you know. <laughs> um and yeah, I feel like as you see these weekly playlists, as you see these uh, B side Fridays, these polls, these um, like uh, other like journalistic approaches that you know, music reviews and concerts and such. Uh, this is kind of like that turnaround. You know, we're our all our followers are up, our interests are up. Uh, people are hitting us up to be part of the club. So I definitely feel like as the semesters go on, we. I mean, we're planning a production team to make you know podcast to make uh interviews you know stuff like that i feel like like right now this semester what you've seen is definitely the start of something bigger that we're hoping to keep going you know as the years go by that's the vision we have you know bigger things in the future
0: gotham you seem to shirk at the label most valuable player why, why is that you know you don't you don't buy it
1: he's a humble man i mean
2: <laughs> no it's it's I know I did a lot for B side, but it wouldn't have been a whole lot if I if I also didn't have help with um you know the other members, especially the one member I can really think of is Josh. Um, for me, you know that me sending him that accidental message that was a great <laughs> mistake because you know it was like me doing like an icebreaker, and for me there was a lot of content and there's a lot of ideas that I had coming into B side only because of the fact that I don't even go to Berkeley when i when i found out that they were doing hiring applicants and they're doing through the, going through the process and they're letting you know non-berkeley students apply that was like killer for me it was like oh my god like let me get in yeah but then i kind of had to like prove my worth and prove my space in it because i remember at that time i just felt really kind of secluded like i i fell out just because like i don't i'm not i'm not familiar with berkeley culture i'm not familiar with how things are so i kind of felt like an outcast and mm-hmm. i i I had like a reason within me to kind of really prove myself. So I started thinking about all these ideas and I had all these ambitions and all these goals, but they were just ambitions and goals at that moment until I really started talking with Josh. And I was like, Oh my God, like the two of us could really get this going. And like, and that was it. And the fact that I had another homie on the, on my who's supporting me and I'm, I got his back. He's got my back. Yeah. That just made me want to pursue more and more ideas because I know I'll have his support. And, Even if the the project or the campaign or whatever it is that we're trying to do doesn't successfully execute itself, at least we've begun to do things that that have never been happening and that have never happened before.
0: Last question I have for both of you guys. Um, You both have mentioned that your parents, you know, haven't been the most fond of, of, of hip hop and your music tastes at some point in your life. And I'm curious what they make of your love and passion for it today and how much that matters to you uh in in the present um for me
2: so my parents it's very interesting uh, my parents became progress more and more more and more progressive as they got older so when we first moved to america they were quite afraid of you know, me getting snatched up by someone which <laughs> is fair which is fair like i mean it, it can be a ruthless place sometimes um Anyways, um, and for them, you know, violence and slur words, that's not what entails a good person. It's not necessarily the truth. That's just misinformation. That's misguidance. And as I got older, I I was very, very closed out from my parents uh, for the most part. But that's because my parents were closed out with me. Like if my parents from the get-go were just like, oh my God, like we love you. And they were telling me that like all the time. And they were very, you know, they wanted to talk to me and spend time with me. Then I'd be open with them. I'd tell them everything. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And so there was a lot of things I just kept in. But as I got older, especially when I was in college, I started opening up with my parents because they were doing that same thing with me. And that's when they were like, all right, like this kid, our son really loves music and he loves hip hop. Like, and then why is is that? And I tell them why it's like, you know, hip hop for me is about being able to creatively invent new perceptions and new ideas, but also to communicate that love and passion you have within that everybody has. It's it could be a different field, of course, engineering, computer data, you know, whatever it may be that to me and music as a whole really is just, I love it. You know, there's just something about it. It gives me goosebumps whenever I listen to good music. I still get it. Like I still get goosebumps. That to me is the coolest thing. And my, my parents understand that now. They understand that i love music and you know i i live i breathe and i also sweat yeah. especially hip-hop you know I, I i do that with music so then you know since their son loves it maybe we can try to try to love it too so yeah so, and also um i also started producing like like i said when i was like 16 years old so yeah. I, I got these speakers in my um in my bedroom nice. and when I, when I started making music my parents were like what are you doing, like, what, are you doing? Like, what is that noise like, oh it's hip-hop music and then that's when the entire idea of like oh our son likes speaking music or oh, our son likes music oh our son really loves hip-hop that's when it all began so that's cool yeah shout out to my parents though
0: yeah man uh Josh
1: <laughs> so okay so if I'm gonna be real I'm gonna be as real as possible with my parents and like kind of like you know their exposure to hip-hop and all that and their dislike for hip-hop um you know if I look at it from a parental view, um their mindset kind of went like I we can't get this kid off (laughs) hip-hop you know like there's that one point where like you know even though your parents don't want you to listen to it you know you're stubborn you're really interested in it and at that point you're like if I continue in this they're just gonna give up so it doesn't matter you know and I think that's kind of like where my parents have went with it you know it's no longer something that annoys them it's something that they understand is my passion it's my enjoyment it's, uh, I have a little sister, it's something that I brought my little sister into, so, and, you know, my cousins as well, so, it's kind of, like, they've come to this realization that, like, I mean, we have to adapt to it, you know, as, um, as Gotham was saying about, like, his parents being more progressive and such, like, moving to America, like, you know, my, when my parents moved to America in, like, 2001, um, and I, I was born in 2001, too, um, I remember, like, uh, like Dr. Dre the chronic was coming out in 2000 you know all that type of music uh, it was on like MTV like now that's what I call music those things that era of hip-hop to my parents was like what is this you know oh, like my. I don't want my kid listening to this right yeah. so you know as time goes on I feel like you have a responsibility to adapt you know to to the, to the culture to what's around you um, because at the end of the day it's just going to overwhelm you you know and I feel that's kind of what's happened to my parents is that like they have understood that hip-hop is a moving culture it rules the media nowadays you know it is um, the music of the youth to say the least and so as a result like you know I can't keep my mind on the past because you know the past is the past know, I need to progress and understand that like my kid loves it you know and at the end of the day like There's nothing that's going to
0: change that, you know? That's a wrap on the ninth episode of South Asians Love Rap. Thanks to Josh and Gotham for coming on and being so generous with their time. Uh, One quick correction I want to make here. I said that the... um, song harry fraud sampled was a vietnamese funk song that was my mistake it's actually a thai funk song back in the 70s when um funk in thailand was getting real psychedelic so just wanted to make that quick correction south asian's love rap is produced and hosted by me akash Pandey. cover art by aaron zonka theme music by dust collector Thank you all for listening. Please do give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. Hope to hear from you soon.